10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better as Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. I'm Freddie Coleman. He's Harry Douglas together on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80 and always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Don't forget the phone number as well. Keep chiming in about what should the Bears do at number one with their quarterback. They got the first pick and the ninth pick in the NFL draft in two months. What should they do? Draft Caleb Williams or keep Justin Fields? And what advice? Harry Douglas has said, hey, Giants fans. Your team needs to trade it for a quarterback. What do you have to say about that? Other NFL Combine matters with the Combine happening this week in Indianapolis. Let us know at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Meanwhile, in the NBA, any publicity is better than no publicity. Unless you're Jason Tatum, Harry Douglas, of the Boston Celtics. Nikola Jokic, he's retired that argument for, for now of the Denver Nuggets of who the best player in the league is. He's retired that conversation. You can't say that Joel Embiid is gonna is a better big man than him when he can't stay healthy. And the way Nikola Jokic is playing, he has retired that conversation for now, in my opinion, that he's the best player in the league. But there's a certain guy out there, part of the best team in the league when it comes to Jason Tatum. And it seems like that MVP love that should be going towards him is completely, completely being stonewalled for reasons that even I can't understand. I, I don't know why either. I think – Maybe people are getting tired of the Boston Celtics supposed to be A, B, C, or D in their minds and not actually getting it done. Okay. And I think we – I won't say we. A lot of people may take Jason Tatum for granted, right, because he does things um, very effortlessly okay. on the basketball court and he makes it look so easy at times. But we also have to remember he is on the best team in the NBA right now. Uh, I believe the Boston Celtics, this is their best chance to win an NBA title. Right. He's also on a team in which you have two other valuable options in Jalen Brown and who am I missing? Keep going. Coach Stouts, Porzingis. Oh, Porzingis, there you go. Drew Holiday. I got stuck for a second. <laughs> Al Horford. Keep going. <laughs> so I, I think a lot of those things may clog a lot of people's minds when it, com- uh, mind when it comes to Jason Tatum. Okay. But I think he should be right up there, right? I think he deserves to be up there. You can't have the best record in the NBA and then a player doing what Jason Tatum is doing and leading in just about every category he was leading in, in assists until Drew Holiday just took that over and just surpassed him. But he's up there on the basketball team in assists as well. And he's a two-way player, in my opinion. He's a guy, if you need that one-on-one bucket, Absolutely. you can have great defense, but that great defense, not it, it won't beat that great offense. Right. That's the kind of player Jason Tatum is. But we've seen the impact that he has on the defensive end of the court. Remember a few years ago when they played the Brooklyn Nets in the first, I think it was the first or the second round, first and round. the way yep. he was able to defend Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and make life a living hell for him. Mm-hmm. So we've seen Jason Tatum in a lot of different lights. But I think also we've seen Jason Tatum 
turn the basketball over, and that might be clogged in some people's mind. But I think he definitely deserves to be up there with Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. I have SGA, as my, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, as my number one guy right now. I okay. have Jokic two, and I have Jason Tatum at three. Right. Um, I have Tatum ahead of Luka because of where their team is overall. Sure. But that's not how a lot of other people see it. Normally, when you have a player part of that organization, and he's one of the best players in the league, automatically he's going to get that consideration because I can't tell you how many times when the Boston Celtics have had that superstar, that guy was a candidate for MVP during the Larry Bird years. Even they put Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and also Ray Allen together. Kevin Garnett was one of the better players in the league at that time, and he led the Celtics to a a championship that year, and he was getting more MVP conversation, even though he was not having anywhere – he didn't have anywhere the year that Jason Tatum was having right now. Normally, when you have those two organizations, the Celtics and the Lakers, and your best player is like a LeBron-esque, you have to worry about him getting love. The fact that Jason Tatum has getting slighted, and in my opinion, getting disrespected, but it goes back to something, Harry, that you said. People look at the Boston Celtics and say, why have you guys not been able to break through? And if you have not been able to break through, then Jason Tatum, what are you not doing? Why does it seem that, or at least before this year, people are saying that he and Jalen Brown couldn't play together? Well, that turned out to be a misnomer because those two guys have been the perfect match for each other. And now they understand the pecking order. Jason Tatum's going to be the number one option, and Jalen Brown's going to be the number two option. But there are times that Jalen Brown is cooking, and Jason Tatum like, do your thing. It's not just passing the basketball him and getting out of the way. They're creating plays for each other. Normally with storied franchises like that, when you have a superstar like that along the lines of Jason Tatum, and he's making commercials. He's great at the, the Doritos commercial, Charles Barkley and Aja Wilson. Normally for an organization like the Celtics, the best player and the team that's the best record gets a lot more love and haven't seen that this year from Jason Tatum or for Jason Tatum. Well, that's why he has to go out and show everyone and win an NBA championship and win finals MVP so there's no doubt about it whatsoever moving forward. Right. Right? And and, and that's how we view the Boston Celtics. Uh, you mentioned it, Freddie. I heard Chenea Gumake said today that the biggest challenge to the Boston Celtics is the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. So yeah. with that being said, Jason Tatum, this is the best opportunity for the Boston Celtics to win an NBA championship. So you have to be at the forefront of that. Right, because you're right. the face of the franchise. Right. So you have to make sure it gets done. We understand everyone else has to play their role and do their things, but you have to be the main reason and why this all gets put 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 together. Yeah. You talk about a puzzle, right? right? A lot of a lot of pieces to a puzzle are all scattered around. Yeah. But at the end, that piece of the those pieces of the puzzle come together and they make one picture. That's what the Boston Celtics have to do, and Jason Tatum has to be the person that's putting the pieces together. Well, maybe Jason Tatum has to get in touch with his inner Sidney Dean from White Men Can't Jump. I don't mean to brag, but I'm the greatest. <laughs> maybe he needs to start doing that. Maybe he needs to let people know that, hey, those are other people. Y'all got to keep looking at me. I don't mean to brag, but I'm the greatest. <laughs> so we'll talk about more of that when it comes to NBA matters. We love having our man a little Dre day on a Tuesday. When it comes to Andre Snelling's ESPN senior writer, always great to have him here each and every Tuesday. And Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. Hit him on Twitter, Professor Driz, as in Dr. Z, as an ESPN senior writer. We just had a conversation about Jason Tatum mm-hmm. on the best record, team with the best record in the league. And it's not like anybody's right up on them. They right. have enough of a gap between them and the second-place team. This guy's having a remarkable season once again, but yet not getting that MVP love. Why do you think that is for Jason Tatum? So what Tatum's running into is what you said early in that conversation – He's not as good as Jokic, and it's readily obvious, not just to the eye test, but in the analytics and the statistical world as well. And so 
when you've got Jokic, who has been MVP before, yeah. who's just coming off a championship and has his team fighting for the one seed again in the West, even if their record's not quite as good as the Celtics' record, it's just not going to work in Tatum's favor. Now, there are others in this MVP race that potentially could get um, uh, Tatum into the larger conversation. You've got Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who's also having a great season on a team that's fighting for, for number one. But then the other two are Luka Doncic and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, both of whom are also probably individually better than Tatum, but playing for teams with much worse records. And so what Tatum's MVP hopes would rely on is that maybe uh, Jokic's nuggets fall from the fighting for one seed into like the four or five range right. in the West and that uh, SGA's Thunder don't take the spot. You know, uh, Tatum has to hope that the Timberwolves and maybe the Clippers end up one too. And if so, maybe he can get back into it. So, Dre, right now, when it comes to who I have as my top three, I have SGA at one mm -hmm. because I just can't ignore one of the youngest teams in the NBA being led by him. Uh, he's mm -hmm. leading the league in steals. He's top two, I believe, in points per game. Mm -hmm. And their basketball team is just winning. And they play both ends of the basketball court. I have Nikola Jokic at number two. And I do have Jason Tatum at three over mm -hmm. Luka. Yeah. What, 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 what's your top three? Yeah, I, I can see that. So okay. if I were voting right now, I would probably vote. Mm, right now, I would say mm -hmm. Jokic, SGA, and then maybe Tatum for that third spot. I feel like Luka and Giannis, I've been looking at it. Uh -huh. <laughs> Ain't been for two games, but the Bucks. I, I think they're about to make a, a run like the Clippers just made okay. after they looked terrible right after the trade and then they didn't lose for three months. I kind of feel like that's coming with Milwaukee. Okay. So I think that that, that if, if Luka's Mavs, or, or Giannis's Bucks end up making a run, they could get back into the MVP race as well. Right. But, you know, it, it's just it's hard for Tatum to overcome how good Jokic and SGA have been just with team record. He needs their team records to slide in order to kind of elevate his. ESPN Senior Ryan, one of the smartest people that we're blessed to know because we're as dumb as you know what. Andre Snelling's joining <laughs> us and Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas and Freddie Cohen together on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Last night at Madison Square Garden, the back pages of the New York Post and Newsday and the Daily News said it best. Madison Square Garden madness with the end of the game between the Detroit Pistons and the New York Knicks. Dante mm -hmm. DiVincenzo clearly fouled the Sir Thompson. No call was made. Knicks get the game-winning shot from Josh Hart. They win at 113-111. You understand analytics. Mm -hmm. You also understand how those analytics can be danced in favor of referees that get better assignments or guys who get demoted. What do you think has been going on why we did not see or hear a whistle when it clearly was a foul committed by Dante DiVincenzo to Knicks? Yeah, I mean, it was clear. I was watching that game uh, live action as well, and that was a foul. The play before, I mean, in the same play, so it was a wild sequence. Mm -hmm. uh, Brunson missed the three. The ball's getting batted all over. It came to a piston who really got swiped on the arm. That's mm -hmm. why the ball went free again. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to Asar Thompson, who mm -hmm. gets form tackled. So, um, <laughs> you know. No lies detected. <laughs> that was very unfortunate for the Pistons. I think maybe in the moment, the reason it didn't get called, as it got close late, you know, the, the, the Knicks were in control the whole game. Yes, they were. And, and then the Pistons came back. But the game is in New York, and, and there was just this buzz of let them play. You know, there, there were physical play on both ends of the court. 
And I think maybe the refs just got caught up in that. Like, okay, we're letting them play. It's a loose ball. We're not going to let this determine the game. But, you know, it's obvious that, that, that you know, to the, the conversation you guys were having earlier, Monty Williams is correct. He mm-hmm. should, they should have gotten that call. To the point that Harry was making, there were a lot of opportunities for the Pistons to grab the rebound, to hold on to the ball, even though they were getting hacked. Right. Um, and then after that, because they were leading, they were up by one. And so after that, when, um, you know, uh, my man Hart yeah. made the layup and, and went to shoot the free throw, they, he would, they, at worst, they would have only been down two. He missed the free throw. The, the, the Knicks got the offensive board. Right. And, 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 and then Hart gets fouled again. He makes one free throw and misses the second, and <laughs> the Knicks get the offensive board again, and that's how the game ended. Right. So, you know, clearly the Pistons could have done more themselves, but if you're the worst team in the NBA – and you are playing a good <laughs> Knicks team at home, and you've done enough that you should win, it really feel unfair that the refs... <laughs> like, Dre, we could be better. We're bad. But this was our chance to get a win. So, Dre, what I'm hearing you say, one of the most fundamental things that you work on at <laughs> six and under basketball, boxing out. Yeah. It, if the Detroit Pistons just box out... Yeah. We have a different story of the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if they box out, there's no story. And it's really not a story in the sense that the Pistons aren't going to the playoffs. So no. this win yeah. doesn't – maybe the loss might even help them. They may hit another ping pong ball or something. Oh, good but, Lord. But yeah, they, 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 they should have got that call, though. But they didn't get that call, and now they're stuck on eight wins and 9-73, and 73 looking maybe <laughs> a lot more reliable for the Detroit Pistons to try to avoid being the worst team ever in the history of basketball when it comes to a regular season. Andre Snell is ESPN senior writer in studio like he is each and every Tuesday, talking a little NBA with us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I firmly believe this. When it comes to Boston Celtics in the East mm-hmm. and the Denver Nuggets in the West, to me, the bigger threat to Boston are the Celtics. Mm-hmm. The bigger threat to the Denver Nuggets are the Denver Nuggets. What do you have to say about that? I would say for the Denver Nuggets, I think the biggest threat is that the West is so strong this year. There are and, and it's different types of teams. Like last season, the Nuggets went through the playoffs and and the finals without ever facing a team that had the size to have any hopes of slowing Jokic. And so Jokic was a runaway ferry train. I think that this year there are teams like the Timberwolves that are strong and have size. So they would have to go through a team like that. And then on the flip side, there's teams like the Thunder and the Clippers that don't have necessarily the size, but are so strong on the perimeter, they could try to win a different way. And so I think the Nuggets, there's a reason that they're not the number one seed in the West right now. Like there there are other teams that can give them a go. In the East, I think the Celtics are the biggest competition for the Celtics to date. The only um, caveats to that or, you know, I, I heard the report earlier that Joel Embiid may be able to come back for the playoffs. Mid to late March. Mid to yeah. late March. And as I, as I mentioned uh, a second ago, these two games from the Bucks coming out of the break, to me, they've been showing me something. They've been showing me what we've – you know, we, when we had the conversation, what does Doc Rivers and the Bucks have to do mm-hmm. in order to right the ship? The ship is looking righted, and and and, mm-hmm. and it's only been two games, so we got to see where it goes. But if it is, and if they do play to their level, then I think they're the biggest competition to the the Celtics because I'm not sure the Celtics are better than the best version of what the Bucks could be. Okay. All right, so let me let me ask you this about the New York Knicks. 
if they're healthy, mm-hmm. do you view the Knicks as being another team that can pose a threat to the Boston Celtics? Now, before you answer, remember two things. <laughs> Number one, he's a Hawks fan. <laughs> Number two, he's known for trolling this Knicks fan. Oh, yeah. Continue. Yeah. Trey, I'm being so sincere right now. He's so sincere. Look at his face. His yeah. face says I'm yeah. so sincere. Your, your, your horns are showing, Beelzebub. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man. <laughs> 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 yes, yes. <laughs> Harry is the man. So, <laughs> to Harry's question, I think that if the Knicks are fully healthy, they're a team that could be a threat in the East this season right. as currently constituted. Okay. Because I think that a healthy Knicks squad is as good as any other team in the East that we've seen okay. as of right now. Okay. Now, if 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 they've got Randall going and, and, and Brunson going and, and OG on defense and even get Big Mitchell Robinson back, then, yeah, I think the, the, the Celtics better not look past them. Right. You know, I think they could push them the way that the Heat has done in recent years because they're going to make the game ugly, but they've got more offensive firepower than the Heat have had. So, I mean, you know, I would say the Celtics would still be favored, but it would be a series that I would probably expect to go six games and anything could happen. Andre Snell's ESPN senior writer in studio. Little Dre Day Tuesday NBA style on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Draymond Green never met a microphone he didn't want to talk to <laughs> or a podcast that he didn't want to drop each and every week. But he still believes with Golden State starting to get guys back. They won mm-hmm. 10 out of their last 12. I mean, they ran the Denver Nuggets, but that's not going to end well for a lot of teams yeah. in the West or the East. He still believes this team, Golden State this year, can win an NBA title. Harry and I busted out laughing. What about you? <laughs> I think that he needs to believe that. You know, he's on the team, and so he better believe that they can beat anybody. I think the odds are slim. You know, I, I do a lot of work with ESPN Bet, and there's a reason <laughs> you could get excellent odds on the Warriors <laughs> to win the championship right now. But I do think that if you look on like a micro, what's, what's this one step at a time, right? Yeah. I do think that they've solidified their position in the play-in, and I think they're maybe the nine seed right now. I think they have a realistic chance before the season's out to maybe get to the seven, eight. And so they only have to win one game to get into that eight slot. And then you're looking at a situation where the one or two seeds could be inexperienced playoff squads in the Timberwolves or the Thunder. Right. And, and the, the, you know, we've already got through several ifs, but, you know, like, <laughs> and if it was a fifth, but, you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, it's possible that they, that, you could say, okay, they get to the playoffs, they upset the Thunder maybe, and now they're in the second round. Now you're only a round away from the conference finals. You never know what might happen. But it's a lot of sequence of ifs. They put themselves so far in the hole. And the fact that at the high end, I really don't see them being able to beat Jokic's uh, Nuggets. They would have to rely on somebody else beating the Nuggets and then them being able to beat them. Okay. It's a long shot. Dre, if there's one player on one of these contending teams that you feel like needs to go full throttle and just say, F it, I'm mm-hmm. about to be that dude more mm-hmm. so than I have been beforehand, mm-hmm. who is that one player for you? Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards. Okay. Um, because of the teams that are either already contending in, in, in the East and the West or teams like we mentioned, like the 76ers and the Bucks that could get back into contention, they all kind of have a guy that's the guy that you know that you're going to rely on on, the, mm-hmm. on them. The Timberwolves, they've got a strong team unit. It's like Rudy Gobert might be the biggest impact player on the team, but he's playing on defense. Mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns on any given day might drop 60. He's shown that. You or know? give up 60. Or give up 60. But like Anthony Edwards is the one that 
can drop 40, but can also disappear in a way you don't normally see okay. from the mega superstars. You know, he has too many games where he has three points going into the half or he finishes with 18. And and that's a, a solid game. And the Timberwolves may even win some regular season games like that. But I feel like going into the postseason, he's got to be there. Last year when they played the Nuggets in the playoffs, I feel like he averaged yeah. something like 35 points a game. Yeah, they gave it – it was a five-game series. Yeah. But it was not an easy five-game series It was all. not. And, and matter of fact, you could argue that was the hardest series they had in their playoffs True. run. And, and and But that Anthony Edwards, playoffs Anthony Edwards, is who he needs to be kind of moving forward. That can't be a one-off. That can't be something that happens every other game. They need that on a daily basis. Real quick, 30 seconds left. For the first time, he's going to be the hunted, mm-hmm. not the hunter. How do you think he's going to handle that no matter who they play in the first round? Yeah, he's got such a laid-back personality that he's – so far, and he's young, he likes to kind of be the joker. Like in the, the All-Star game, him and Carl Anthony Towns just throwing the ball back and forth. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you think of Kobe in his first All-Star game, he's like, I'm dunking on everybody. I don't care if I throw up an air ball. Right. I, I think that he has to adopt that mindset of like, I'm the man. I don't care if you're hunting me. If you, if you, wanna, if you want some, you better bring some. That, that's what he needs to be. You at. know what? I believe in him. They're, they're, mm-hmm. I'm going to say a couple letters, y'all. Okay. D-S-G-B. Down South Georgia boy. I believe in him. I believe in your Ant-Man. Go put on your Ant-Man suit. I need to see that dog every single night. Everything that you do, I want to see you approach it that way. He may be an ugger, but this Georgia Tech boy still loves him. Put it this way. As they like to say down there, how do you define a person that's that good? Apparently, according to Harry Douglas and Ant-Man, location, location, location. Because he's from the upper Georgia, he would not be getting that kind of love from Harry (laughs) Harry Douglas because he's from down Georgia as a Georgia South boy. Always great to have a little Dre Day Tuesday NBA style. And Andre Snelling stopped by as an ESPN senior right. Hit him on Twitter. Great follow at Professor Driz. That's in DRZ, capital D. Thank you very much joining us. On Freddie Harry. We'll see you next week, brother. Always good to talk to you. All right, fellas. Great stuff about Andre Snells. And we get back to the National Football League. And <laughs> Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott said, it's not a matter of when. It's a matter of that, not if, if they win a Super Bowl. Wait until you hear what we have to say about that next on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. 
presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80 and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Speaking of the National Football League, according to Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL reporter and insider, the Kansas City Chiefs have informed cornerback with Jerry Sneed. They are prepared to use the franchise tag and are open to making a trade happen off of it if no long-term deal is reached. Now, Sneed is agreeable to this scenario. That gives him a chance, Harry, to talk with other teams, but Kansas City is still remaining in play by informing him. They're prepared to use the franchise tag, and they're open to have a trade happen off of that if no long-term deal is reached. Like Devin King just said, a well-run organization. It's not by surprise they are in the position that they are in because they understand how to do business. Uh, LeJarrius Sneed, if you're not going to be able to sign him, okay, it makes sense to franchise tag him and potentially trade him so you can get some kind of collateral for him if he's gone. Yeah, one of the things about that, especially when you know you have a surplus and you believe in your scouting system that has been proven time and time again, they just know where to find players. It doesn't matter if it's free agency. It doesn't matter if it's the draft. Hell, they could probably go to like a seven-on-seven camp and say, well, that guy can play for Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody say, yeah, probably. They know exactly what they're looking for who to go after, and when they get them to Kansas City, they have no problems making those guys better once they get into that facility. That also tells me that Chris Jones and that deal that they're potentially working on mm-hmm. looks a little brighter mm-hmm. than it probably did in the past. Oh, no, because we know that a guy like that, nothing against Jerry Sneed. I mean, the boy can ball. There's no yeah. doubt about that. But certain guys, you look at and say, man, if we don't have that guy in our defense, that's going to be a problem. And that's Chris Jones, because we've seen what he's been able to do during this run for the Kansas City Chiefs. The last couple of playoff seasons for the Chiefs that resulted in Super Bowls, anytime they had to have it. Patrick Mahomes, you know he's going to deliver. Travis Kelsey, you knew he's going to deliver. The guy right on that line is Chris Jones, because when he delivers, the defense goes, oh, man, this is nice and snuggly because we got Chris Jones doing his thing. That allows other guys to play even above their level because they know when it gets crucial, that guy, Chris Jones, is going to make a play time and time again. Yeah, you look at the AFC Championship game two years ago against the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow, two sacks in that game, made some huge plays. The Super Bowl prevented three touchdowns from actually happening. Yep. Huge for Chris Jones and also that defense of Kansas City. But Steve Spagnuolo understands mm-hmm. when you have a guy that's versatile amongst your defensive line, and can play a lot of different areas, you're allowed to do different things as a defensive play caller and call things. uh, You don't have to worry about, is this guy going to fit here, fit there? And we've also heard from Steve Spagnuolo how he trusts his players uh, more so than a lot of other teams probably trust theirs. No doubt about that. And I guarantee there's a a team out there called the Buffalo Bills that they probably wish that he would just go away when it comes to Chris Jones. And Sean McDermott not being swayed, not being deterred by the quest to win a Super Bowl. He basically said it's not a matter of when, not if, the Buffalo Bills win a Super Bowl. He also said about losing versus Kansas City, and I quote, it's painful when he watched the kick go by the wayside by Tyler Bass. There was a guy crying in, this, in that locker room, and we know exactly those things matter. The game of inches always matter. But Harry Douglas, Sean McDermott, not trying to hear that that window is closing with a championship. He said it's a matter of when, not if, when the Buffalo Bills win a Super Bowl. Ooh, that's a tough one, Sean McDermott, because what the last six years have told us, Freddie Coleman, mm-hmm. is that the Kansas City Chiefs and quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and who I call the standard of the National Football League, right. especially at the position that he plays, but the standard overall, 
is that they're going to be in the AFC Championship game. It's not me making up anything. It's not me, you know, trying to hitch my wagon to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what all of our eyes have shown us the last six years is that they're going to be in the AFC Championship game. Mm -hmm. So now, with that being said, that leaves one spot open, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. for Lamar Jackson, for Justin Herbert, okay. for Joe Burrow, right. for Tua Tungabaloa, okay. for Aaron Rodgers, for CJ Stroud, for Josh Allen, for Trevor Lawrence. Deshaun and Watson in Cleveland. Deshaun Watson. Uh, you can, whoever else you want to put on this list. Mm-hmm. All of these quarterbacks now have to fight for one spot, Freddie. Right. Because history has told us with our own eyes, that Patrick Mahomes is going to be there. That's what the last six years told us. We're not making this up now. Right. So all of those guys have to fight for one slot. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, the one thing you need with Kansas City, and I hate to put it out there, but it's true, the one thing you need is luck, period. The last couple of years, you would have thought luck would have been on the side of everybody else in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes literally won on one leg and beat the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship game and two weeks later beat the Philadelphia Eagles for his Super Bowl. This yep. year, the Chiefs were supposed to be vulnerable. It was time to say, down with the king. The king is dead. Long live the king. We're going to get Kansas City and Buffalo. We'll see what's what. Didn't happen. Baltimore Ravens, they're coming to our place. You're not going to do to us we did the Buffalo Bills. Didn't happen. San Francisco 49ers, we're ready this time. Go by 10 points, not once but twice. Couldn't do it. If not now, when? If not, who within you? If that's what how Buffalo Bills have to feel. But I thought Tim Graham of the Athletics said it best with the Buffalo Bills. And I'm going to read it word for word. He said the Buffalo Bills had been a perennial title tease. And at a certain point, that tease will go away. So I like Sean McDermott saying, hey, we still believe. What else is he going to say about his football team? Because Tim Graham was spot on. They've been a perennial title tease. And every time you look up, they never seem to get to the finish line getting to a Super Bowl, much less winning a Super Bowl. Sean McDermott had to say that because maybe in the inside he feels differently. Maybe he looks at Patrick Mahomes and said, maybe we can't take that team down. Even if he does not feel that way, you've got to say something to make sure you believe your team's not a sliding team, that they're still not that far away from taking down Kansas City or anybody else in the AFC. Do I want these things to be true for the Buffalo Bills? Freddie, I do. After spending time up there in Buffalo with those fans and seeing how passionate they are, our wonderful Christine Lisi, who I think is one of the best human beings that I ever, ever have been around in my life. Stop punking uh, up to Christine for free treats. No, you know, my boy Billy, my boy Bobby that owns Pottersfield Bar up Uh there in Buffalo. Uh My homeboy Sean Evans, who I travel the world with. My boy Gary Goodspeed. He's so big, we call him Gary No Speed. (laughs) Those guys deserve, because they're diehard football fans, they deserve a championship. And you talk about the heartbreak of four straight Super Bowls and losing those Super Bowls and not winning them in the heartbreak of that city. Do they deserve to win it? Yes. But just like Charles Barkley didn't win one. Okay. Just like the Knicks couldn't win one. Keep going. Just like a lot of other people didn't win one. There was this guy named Michael Jordan. Well, in the National Football League and the AFC Conference, there's this guy named Patrick Mahomes that has stopped a lot of those guys from winning a, a Super Bowl or even getting there. Yeah, no doubt. Harry Douglas, Freddie coming together, and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. The Buffalo Bills better watch out because there's always a team that you may not see coming that also may get close to you and then surpass you, and they're still going to be young enough to do something about it, and you're getting older. 
Keep an eye on the Houston Texans in the next couple of years. They got the coaching infrastructure led by D'Amico Ryans. Lord knows we know they got a quarterback when it comes to C.J. Stroud. Even when they lost their best receiver, Tank Dell, didn't matter. Still went out there, was balling out. Didn't have Dalton Schultz, who they got from the Dallas Cowboys at tight end for a good point in the season. Didn't matter. Certain guys just have it. And it seems that C.J. Stroud, with that coaching staff, the way they are, they have it. It would not surprise me the more they keep fortifying that offense and they keep making that work and a guy like that who can make it white hot in C.J. Stroud, maybe not in 2024. Although in the NFL, it's a second-by-second league. Who knows? But in a couple of years, we could be talking about the Houston Texans thing, man. That's the team that has replaced the Buffalo Bills or the Cincinnati Bengals or the Baltimore Ravens as a potential legitimate threat, maybe not just to Kansas City, but even to get out of AFC and get to the Super Bowl. Like my favorite history teacher, my, one of my favorite teachers of all time, Ms. Mary Kaiser, used to tell me when I walked in, tell the truth and shame the devil. Freddie, you're telling the truth right now. And you shaming the devil. Because <laughs> the Houston Texans, I'm watching what they're going to do in free agency. Absolutely. They have a ton of money to be able to spend. And particularly, I'm watching at the running back market. I want to see if a guy like Saquon Barkley, if he's going to leave New York and, and satin Devin Kane and satin <laughs> Shannon Penn and the Giants fans. But, but it's not Saquon's fault. It's the Giants organization's fault. And he, he goes down to the Houston Texans and he makes that team that much more better because we see what that offensive system is able to do with a guy like Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. where Bobby Slowick came from, the San Francisco 49ers, that is. Those are some of the moves that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing for the Houston Texans moving forward because, see, you got that dude. You got yeah. that dude when he looks in the mirror and says, hey, I am him. I don't care who I'm playing. That's C.J. Stroud. Houston Texans have over $67 million in salary cap space. They're in a prime position. Okay, what do we need where you don't have to go for somebody old, but somebody that may be ready to be, be on the come up and they want to arrive and you don't have to worry about a last contract for that player. You said somebody that's ready? Somebody that's like, ready. Like, like Tevin Kemp, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, you got to be ready. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready, baby. Yeah, and that's what the Texans have done. We thought this was going to be another dumpster fire in 2023. Nope. They're, they're, maybe they've arrived maybe sooner with the Houston Texans than we want to give credit for, especially with that coaching, that quarterback, that talent, and that salary cap space that they have going in NFL free agency. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. He's Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us. Presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. A college athletic director in a big-time conference has an idea to end courts during college basketball. And, yes, the idea is as terrible as you think it is. That's next. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. He's Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter, hdouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN. Part of Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on Series X and Channel 80. And always tell you, smart speaker, the play ESPN Radio. Plenty of coaches have spoken about court storming in college basketball. Bill Self of Kansas saying it's time to move on from it. Plenty of other coaches on that line with him saying this needs to end. Michael Wilbon from PTI saying that anybody that's opposed to court storming, you're supposed to be. And if you're not, that narrative is lazy and stupid. And boy, he just went on and on and on and on and on. But now there may be a solution. And yes, when I tell you this before I read it, it's as terrible as you think it's going to sound. The athletic director of Alabama is Greg Byrne, and he is proposing, not my words, but the article's words, a revolutionary idea that will end court storming in the college basketball world. Via AL.com, meaning Alabama.com, Byrne is suggesting that if a court storming happens, if a mass of fans swarm the court after a victory, the home team should forfeit the game. I'm not making this up. Direct quote from Greg Byrne via, via AL.com. Harry Dawson can't wait to laugh already. You have two kids run out there, then no. But when you have a sustained rush like what just happened the other day at Wake Forest, you lose the game. That will get people to stop, end quote. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. And, Freddie, I, I, I came on here. I said, you know what? Let me not go in too much because Alabama already don't give me a credential when we, we go down to their games uh-huh. to watch the football game. So uh-huh. I don't want to make the situation worse. Sure. But I, I do it. not agree – with the athletic director of Alabama and what he suggests. You mean to tell me mm-hmm. the team that wins, who's out there sweating, diving on the floor, making the plays that they need to make to win a basketball game, and the mm-hmm. coach is coaching his ass off to orchestrate things for these young men. Mm-hmm. If someone runs on the court, we're going to punish those guys for <laughs> doing what they're supposed to do <laughs> because other people are doing what they want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Make it make sense to me because it doesn't. Well, I'm, here's how I'm not going to make it make sense to you because you're exactly right, number one. And number two, when you have college kids, part of the college experience, how many times have we heard from people, not saying Greg Byrne, the athletic director, but how many times have we heard from people, we want kids to be more engaged with college sports, or high school sports, if you're not playing, to support your team. Because people wondered about a lack of support where it seems there's more of a divide between athletes in school and people who are not athletes in schools. So this is like the ultimate bringing them together. It may not be what you want, but those Wake Forest kids were celebrating their basketball team. They could have cared less that Wake Forest was favored in that game. They just saw number eight Duke. We finally take down the big, bad blue blood that is Duke basketball. It was unfortunate what happened to Kyle Filipowski of Wake Forest. Clearly unfortunate. Nobody wants that to happen. But to all of a sudden say, we're going to go from 180 to zero, saying, you know what, if your team wins – if your team pulls an upset and your fans storm the court, you wind up losing that basketball game or losing that football game. Come on now. There's a way to try to make things make sense. But like I said, it was going to be as terrible as you thought it was going to sound. When I mentioned with Greg Byrne, the athletic director, saying that if the team wins a game, they upset an opponent, and their fans storm the court, then the team at home should lose that ball game. Could you imagine if this was being suggested in college football? 
We're going to take a win away from the Michigan Wolverines two years ago who finally beat the Ohio State Buckeyes, or even this year when they were able able to beat them again. And we're going to force a loss on their schedule because they stormed the football field. Mm -hmm. Or could you imagine two years ago when Tennessee beat Alabama and all you hear is good old Rocky Top. Woo! Rocky Top, Tennessee. (laughs) Everywhere being played around the city of Knoxville, Tennessee. Can you imagine the game being forfeit? for the Tennessee Volunteers because their fans ran out on the football field. And I understand we're talking about basketball. Right. That's Uh not – no. They would have stoned the SEC offices and the NCAA offices with pitchforks and fire if they tried to take a victory that Tennessee finally had in football, finally beating Alabama for the first time about two presidents ago. When they finally beat Alabama. You mean we smoke cigars after the game on the field Mm -hmm. in the locker room for nothing? For nothing? I hope they weren't Tipperellos. I hope they were worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they weren't something you bought. I hope they weren't something you bought from Circle K. <laughs> I hope those were those kind of cigars because you did believe me. They're doing you a favor not having smoking those damn things. If you got those from Circle K, there's nobody. Harry Douglas, Freddie going together on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. I've always said this about situations like this. Once the the blowback, once the immediate reaction goes away. That's when people's solutions go away because everybody's come up with this solution, that solution, that solution, this solution when it comes to court storming. The more and more time goes away from it and the less you hear about it, then people stop having solutions. That's when you really need solutions. If you believe that something should be done to keep players safe, then it shouldn't go away when the story stops being a story until the next court storming incident because there's going to be another one. No doubt about it. We still got two and a half weeks in the college basketball season. There's going to be an upset, and there's going to be a court storming. If anybody is in that situation, if you're a team that can potentially do that, then as an athletic director, as a facilities manager, y'all need to get together and make sure that there's going to be security in place and precautions in place so something like that does not happen, what happened Saturday or uh, three weeks ago when Caitlin Clark collided with a fan after Ohio State knocked off Iowa in a women's basketball game. You mean to tell me that the player on the winning team that probably went out there and played hurt It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And sacrifice his body. <laughs> if their fans storm the court, that person and in, in his team is going to be penalized mm-hmm. with a forfeit game. Nah, that's we what, can't do that. That's what Greg Byrne, the Alabama athletic director, wants. We, we can't do that. I wonder if he would feel that way. Let's say if Alabama's unranked and Kentucky comes into their building and they upset them, and then because of his his um, proposal that they have to forfeit that game. Uh oh. 
I wonder, by the way, Alabama's really good in basketball in the SEC this year. <laughs> their, their team is going to be <laughs> tough out in the NCAA tournament. But I just want to miss the burn. Would feel the same way if that was happening in Alabama basketball. What are the Chicago Bears going to do with a quarterback that they have and don't like, but a quarterback that they want to take and they do like, but yet there's too much support for the guy they want to get rid of? I'm confused too. We'll try to unwrap that confusion next on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.